welcome to another episode of Dungeon Crawlers, where things are a little different. That's right, it's kind of quiet. It's just me, Daniel, here. But we did get some really awesome interviews uh, for you from FanX that we want to uh, unveil to you. Now, we'll be doing those uh, over the next few weeks, but this week uh, we're providing you two really awesome interviews. The first one is with author Michael Haspel. Uh, that has been on the show before with his uh, book, Graveyard Shift. And then, of course, we'll round out this amazing episode by bringing you a really cool interview from author Larry Correa. Uh, Larry is a good friend, and uh, if you have not heard of his Monster Hunter series, I would really met, recommend picking up. Now, warning, there is some language in his book, so if you're a younger reader, it might not be exactly perfect for you, but it is still a really awesome read. Um, so for those of you that are probably, you know, your later teens, definitely into adulthood, you love guns, you love monsters, you love explosions, uh, Larry's the right guy for you, and it's a really fun book series. Um, I mean, that, Larry's a really nice guy. Uh, a lot, uh, the material, a lot of the, the inspiration for the way I write and what I decided to choose to write on, uh, came from him and the Monster Hunter series, just because... I, I love creatures, and I really wanted something other than the normal fantasy, uh, you know, sword and sorcery. And this was a really good way to kind of dive in, in my opinion. And Larry, the way he writes, it really hooks you and brings you in. Um, but beyond that, Mike, Michael, uh, his Graveyard Shift series, really interesting. Pulls in a lot of Egyptian mythology and, and stuff like that. And, you know, for uh, a first time author right out of the, the shoot, man, he really, he, he really hits a field goal on this one. Um, home run, whatever analogy you want to use. Uh, it was really awesome. Uh, and you should pick up his book as well. So with that said, I'm going to turn it over to these guys and I hope you enjoy the interviews. Now, again, I really apologize. Uh, we did have some sound equipment issues uh, while at FanX, so the sound quality is a little bit more harsh. Um, and you're listening to right now, and that is because of how loud it is. We tried to tune out some of the, the background noise in that, and as well as the microphone kind of maxed out a little bit. So I apologize about that, but still the content's awesome. It's great. It's still solid. And both author, authors excuse me, uh, actually give some really good uh, tips for uh, future writers or inspiring writers. So with that said, uh, we'll turn it over to them. All right, everyone, we are here with author Michael Haspel. He's been on the show before. If you have been paying attention to our Facebook page, he comments quite frequently. So uh, what have you been up to lately? Well, I'm writing uh, more in the world of Umbra and Graveyard Shift and everything like that. Uh, so there's going to be an Umbra case file. That's what I'm calling these kind of side quests. Um, Umbra case file coming out by the end of the year. Uh, and it's called Operation Reflex Forager. It's, so is that going to be a full story or a novella? It's a novella. Okay. It started off as a short story, and now it's a novella. <laughs> Sometimes that happens. You just can't stop, and the story keeps yeah. rolling out. So are th is there going to be more one-offs like that, or is, it, or is this a series of novellas? Yeah, this is going to be a series of novellas. Like the Umbra Case Files thing is just a, like a bunch of different side quests that cover what happened in Umbra in between World War II and Graveyard Shift. Nice. So it's going to be like X-Files, your, your weekly episode of X-Files. Yeah, kind of Monster of the Week-ish, kind of the same characters encountering different weird stuff. It's not just monsters. Sometimes 
paranormal activity, just odd things that are going on, or espionage. Nice, I like that. That's that's really cool, especially since you're going back to World War II and moving forward. Really fantastic, really interesting period, especially with World War II because of Hitler and all the paranormal stuff he was into. Does that tie in? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But this like uh, reflex forger uh, takes place in 1963. And it happens on the day Kennedy was assassinated. But it has nothing to do with the assassination <laughs> at all. Interesting. I was starting to like, my the wheels in my head were starting to wonder how that connects, but it has nothing to do with it. Does Not even like partially, or it just uh, happens to be on that day? Well, it kind of starts with uh, Lyndon Johnson having just been sworn in. And then somebody comes to him and asks him for the release of a nuclear weapon. And he doesn't know what's going on because he hasn't been read in all the programs yet. Interesting. Now, besides your writing, you're also starting up a podcast. Yeah, yeah. So I'm starting a new podcast called uh, Quantum Fraught Dispatches, and it's about storytelling and kind of just pop culture, but mostly about storytelling. And we're just launching season one now, and it's about what was in the water in 1982. Because in 1982, we had like First Blood came out. We had, you know, uh, all these other movies like The Dark Crystal, Conan the Barbarian. Uh, but it was literally like 20 or 40 movies that are all absolute classics. The Thing. Yeah. Um, all these movies came out in 1982. And then Zaxxon came out in 1982. Miss Pac-Man. Uh, the Commodore 64 launched in 1982. So there was something going on in the zeitgeist where all these things that are considered classics now actually came out in 82 and I kind of think that a lot of times when people say the 80s they really mean 1982. Well I mean I, there's kind of a bleed off from that because I do remember all that stuff coming out but you got like 84 with the Transformers and all those cartoons came out so it seems like the early early 80s is really when oh, yeah. the really cool stuff came out that is still ingrained into our culture now especially pop culture. Yeah and that's one of the reasons I wanted to explore it from a storytelling perspective because all the filmmakers that are making the influential movies now all their favorite movies came out in 1982. Yeah. So they're kind of remaking or retelling or st stealing scenes from their favorite movies or using like a storytelling shorthand to, to like explain stuff and put stuff in their films so in your mind was there some sort of like nexus point then that really sparked imagination across the world i mean because it seems like something happened then yeah i'm not entirely sure that's part of what i'm exploring in season one is just like what is going on and uh like we start off with six episodes believe it or not on a deep dive of conan the barbarian and how conan affected all these other things like masters of the universe and thundar even though thundar came out about the same time <laughs> but but all the little spin-offs all the sword and sorcery red sonia all that stuff came from Conan and so it just cascaded from then on and then of course uh, we're going to do The Wrath of Khan which of course oh, people yep. still tout as the best Star Trek movie ever so <laughs> yeah even though the that one with Benedict Cumberbatch was pretty much a rip off of that one but uh, no that was that's I'm not a huge Star Trek fan but that is the only Star Trek movie that I remember growing up because, you know, you've got Ricardo Montalban and his lines and then, you know, William Shatner yelling, Khan. It, yeah. it was a great film. Yeah, oh yeah, it's, a, it's amazing. And it's like, you know, this is 
uh, I'm also exploring like how to tell, and this will be a, a separate kind of series, but how to tell people stories they already know in a new way. Because of course, Wrath of Khan is Moby Dick. You have like uh, the 13th Warrior is, which did not come out in 82, <laughs> but but the 13th Warrior is real, Beowulf. Yeah. And it's like everybody knows that story, but we're gonna just repackage it and tell it in a new way. and and then people think it's original. Yeah, I mean, that's most modern storytelling now is we take bits and pieces here and there and and try to make it our own. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's a lot of fun. You can just do that and mix and match stuff and everything. And that seems to be a really easy way to get stories going nowadays is take one or more things and just kind of mash them together and, and create something new out of it. Nice. So the books... The novella is coming out later this year. Graveyard Shift is out. Where can they find Graveyard Shift, and where are they going to be able to find your novellas as they start coming out? Well, hopefully the novellas will get picked up more uh, traditionally, but I'll be I'll be putting them out uh, myself at least if if nothing happens, and uh, I will be trying to read the audiobooks for the novellas. Uh, but for Graveyard Shift, you can pick it up wherever books are sold, you know, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anything like that. They're, they're all over the place. And then you can find me on michaelhaspel.com. I usually have, you know, information there on Facebook. Nice. So what is it like now? You, you've written the book. You're out there. You're going to cons. People are recognizing you. They're like, oh, I, I love this book. What is that feeling like? It's insane. It's insane and intimidating at the same time. Because here I am standing in a booth, and I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm selling in a booth. And then I'm ne standing next to Larry Correa and uh, John Mayberry. And I'm like, you know, it's humbling at the same time. Because I'm like, here I am. I made it. Here's my book. And then, you know, John Mayberry has 30. <laughs> so, so it's like, okay, well, I, I'm on the mountain. I need to make it up there. <laughs> no, I know exactly how you feel. I've been here. Last year I was here, and, you know, I was selling my book, and then you turn. There's Larry's mountain of books, and then they're just shrinking. Yeah. Like, seconds away, they're just shrinking. Yeah. So I, I get it. Yeah, John sold out of a couple of his, uh, a couple of his copies already. So wow. <laughs> I still have quite a stack. So <laughs> It's okay. It's still selling. That's all that matters. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's all that matters. So what is one tip you give a prospective writer out there just just one finished not perfect so don't stop to re-edit don't stop to you know publishers don't buy perfect chapters they buy finished books even if it's not perfect so finish your book number one rule i love that one that one hung me up for years and when i just like okay i'm doing it that's when things happen yeah yeah it took me a long time to get over that too yeah. It's it's a weird block, it seems like, because we want it perfect. We want that story to be exactly the way we want it, but it's better when we finish than the editors. At least in my mind, the editors come in and they help get what's in our head onto the pages. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, folks. So this is Michael Haspel. Check out his book. He's been on the show before. If you haven't, it's amazing. It's one of my favorite books out there. So, uh, no, we'll catch you next time. Hey everyone, we're here with author Larry Correa to talk about all of his awesome monster hunting books and everything else. Uh, what is currently available? Because I know you've been doing a lot of projects lately. 
Uh, yeah, it's been kind of nuts. Uh, currently, I just barely had uh, a book called Target Rich Environment, which is a collection of my short fiction. Uh, that released on Tuesday. It's been doing really good. We hit number one on Amazon, which is pretty sweet. Um, I just barely had the third and final book of the trilogy with John Ringo, The Monster Hunter Memoirs. Uh, Monster Hunter Memoirs Saints came out a couple months ago. I've got uh, the sequel to uh, Son of the Black Sword. It's called House of Assassins, and that will be out in February. Nice. So you're kind of a, you're a standalone writer. How has it been co-writing with Mike? Oh, it was a lot of fun. I, so I, I've actually co-written with Mike Coopery, which was a blast. I co-wrote with John Ringo, which is the, the, the Monster Hunter Files. I'm currently co-writing three separate collaborations. Oh, wow. um, I've got one with Sarah Hoyt. It's a Monster Hunter novel. It's a, about Julie Shackelford, and that'll be out next year. I've got another one with Steve Diamond, who's a really good horror author, uh, which is we're doing a, a kind of a World War One-style trench fantasy in a, a like Russian Eastern Front in a world with real super dark fairy tale magic, uh, which is really badass. And then I've got a science fiction collaboration with an author named John Brown, who's best known. He started out doing fantasy, and then he's also done um, he's done a lot of thrillers. I know you've had John on your show before. Great yeah. guy. So, I mean, that's really cool. Sarah just won the Dragon Award, and yeah. now you're working together on a, on a project. Yeah, Sarah is awesome. She's a great author, and we've actually been planning this book for about five or six years. Um, I just needed to get to the the place in the Monster Hunter series on the timeline where it was the right place to put this book. It actually takes place at the same time as Monster Hunter Siege. So if you've read Siege, you know it kind of ends on a cliffhanger a little bit, and everybody's like, well, what happens about that? And I'm like, I can't tell you because that's the entire novel of Monster Hunter Guardian. Um, but I, I, I teamed up with Sarah to do this many years ago. I asked her about this, and so we've kind of been planning this for a while. Sarah's an awesome writer. She's super talented, and so it, she's got a really good voice for Julie, too. So I was really excited to do this book. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. I think you guys are going to like it. It's really, it's intense. Nice. It's really intense. So what is it like to have this massive world that you've created in the Monster Hunter universe, and, like, everyone is, like, so excited about it? Because I remember way back when, when it was still, you had just self-published it, and it hadn't been picked up by Bane, and now it's, like, this massive cultural <laughs> kind of, like, icon type thing. It's weird, man. Um, I remember when I was just a little nobody with my little self-published book I was selling on the Internet. Um and just to open for anything and it just kind of grew and grew and over the years it snowballed and I got this core group of fans that are just amazing and just awesome people and that group just kept getting bigger and bigger and, and the next thing I knew I had all these really successful writers were excited to write in my universe um, so we put together a, a short story collection last year of uh, I think we had nine New York Times bestsellers writing Monster Hunter International stories. Uh, it was fun. We, um, I got Jonathan Mayberry's in there, Faith Hunter's in there, Jim Butcher wrote a story. Just all these really, I mean, uh, Jessica Day George um, wrote, really? she did, she wrote Trailer Park Elves versus Gnomes Turf, nice. turf War. It was hilarious. Um, one of my favorites in there. So it's grown huge. I, I mean, we got games, uh, we got role playing games, we have, um, Lots of people playing in the universe now. We've got we got a spin-off series with John Ringo. It's I think we're up to um, if you count if you count the collection of short stories. I think we're up to ten books now. Wow. With the spin-offs and everything, it's nuts. Well, I mean that is amazing, especially since like I said, I remember when you were you were with that <laughs> self-published book years yep. ago, and now 
everyone, I mean, every time I come around to the cons, there's a line of people normally. And I remember last year, uh, when you released the short story collection, like, it was selling like crazy. Yeah, it's fun. I, I don't know, it just, it blew up. It, and I write other things, too, that are a lot of fun, but Monster Hunter is still my bread and butter. It's the one that people just glommed onto. It, 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 over the last few years, it's kind of become one of the most popular franchises in urban fantasy. And uh, people just enjoy it. I, I write I write a lot of gun-nutty stuff. I write a lot of action-adventure, very unabashed pulp. Um, you know, it's not pretentious at all. I, I, I hear from a lot of teachers and moms that for, like, boys who don't like to read books, they love these books. These are the books they actually enjoy. And so what I like to say is I, I'm the guy that writes books for boys who don't like to read and the men they grow into. <laughs> and uh, it's just it's blown up really huge. It's really awesome. Nice. So you did mention you write other stuff. So Son of the Black Sword was your fantasy jump tie-in. Yeah. Larry Elmore did a cover. Oh, fantastic. Um, so you have the second book coming out. Where does that go from here? Um, the third one is actually in process. That's currently what I'm working on right now. It's called Destroyer of Worlds. Uh, and so this series, if you've read it, is kind of it's loosely based on uh, India and Indian culture. It's um, kind of think fantasy Judge Dread is the best way to describe it. It's really badass. We uh, we actually won the uh, we won the Dragon Award for best fantasy for this. Um, I'm really proud of it, and it was the first book I ever wrote after all these years of being a writer that actually got critical acclaim. And I really didn't know what to do with that. I I, I thought it was like some sort of trick. <laughs> But no, that, that one's doing really well, too. And uh, I've also got my hard uh, Grimnoir Chronicles. First book is Hard Magic. And there's a trilogy of those that's been really popular. And I'm doing another second trilogy, um, which is set in the 1950s. Uh, I'm really excited for that. But I don't, I don't have any idea when that's going to be out yet. That's still a ways off. So another question. Is there going to be any more interdimensional insurance agents? Yes. Um, I just signed a contract with Audible for a third Audible exclusive nice. Adventures of Tom Stranger, which the plan is to have Adam Baldwin narrate again. Um, for those of you, if you're not familiar with the series, it's a comedy series I do. Um, Tom Stranger is an interdimensional insurance agent. So he takes care of collisions between various realities and multi uh, across the multiverse, and it's uh, they're hilarious. Uh, and narrated by Adam Baldwin, who you know from like Firefly, Chuck, The Last Ship. You know the guy's fantastic, but he does great comedy, and he does. People don't realize Adam Baldwin does voices like crazy because he does so much cartoon voiceover work. So he does this really hilarious um, uh, thing. And so the first one's called The Adventures of Tom Stranger, Interdimensional Insurance Agent. The second episode is called A Murder of Manatees. Because um, one of the main characters is, uh, is Wendell the Manatee, who is one of the most powerful beings of the multiverse. He gets kidnapped by creatures from another multiverse, and Tom has to, like, figure out who to file the claim on. Um, the third one we're doing a little different. We're doing another novella, and we're doing also, in conjunction, we're doing two new short stories. Uh, that way they can bundle it all together and have one novel-length um, entry. Um, one of the short stories, to give you a teaser, is called Dick Moves Space Fish. And it's about, it's about uh, if you read the last one, you know that the dolphins were the villains. Yeah. And they were, dolphins are just horrible in this series. Um, and it's, Tom, it's uh, Stranger and Stranger hires their first dolphin employee. And Jimmy the intern is asked to, give, uh, give him, to show him the ropes and to give him his new employee orientation. It's, it's, absurd. it's as absurd as it sounds. <laughs> so how do you go from Monster Hunter, which is kind of a serious, you know, gun nut, gritty, 
uh, to Son of the Black Sword, this dark, this epic fantasy, and then to Tom Stranger. Well, you know, I'm one of those guys. I can't do the same book twice in a row. So um, I write whatever I, I, I write in like all these different genres because to me it keeps it fresh, and uh, I never get bored. Like if I just wrote a monster, like Monster Hunter, by far, if I want to just make money, I would just write Monster Hunter nonstop. But what it is is I get bored, so I, I'll write one book of like this kind of genre then I'll switch over and write another kind of book for a different genre and I'll, I'll rotate through and that keeps it fun and interesting and I also kind of have this thing a personal goal as a writer that I want to write something in a genre every genre I like to read so like Tom Stranger is kind of my answer to like um, you know any, anything that's a comedy based you know uh, Douglas it's like Douglas hyper violent Douglas Adams okay, yeah. you know what I mean yeah. um or, 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 or things of that nature. And, and so, uh, like, Son of the Black Sword was my, my response to, like, the epic fantasy genre. Hard magic is kind of its own weird thing. Yes. It's, it, it crosses so many genres, but I just, I love, that's like my love song to Raymond Chandler. Um, so basically, eventually, I'm going to write something in every genre that I like. I mean, so one of these days, I'm going to write, like, a gritty cop drama. <laughs> you know, I'll do a police procedural and a murder mystery, just because I enjoy this stuff. Nice. So... Real quickly, final question, because I know you got to get back to selling books because people love them. What is uh, one piece of advice you'll give any writer out there? I think I've said this before, but it's the one I go to as the best advice I got when I was starting out from Kevin Anderson. It was be prolific. So the more you write, the more opportunity you have to create something truly awesome. All right, there it is, guys, from Larry Korea. If you haven't found his books, I don't know why, but check them out. Uh, Monster Hunter, Son of the Black Sword. Uh, oh man, I'm I'm going blank now. The 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 gr the grimoire one. Uh, hard magic. Hard magic. Uh, check him out. He's been at Dragon Con, Gen Con. He's here at Fan X. Uh, there's you can find him online at MonsterHunter.com. Uh, it's uh it's um Monster Hunter Nation. Yeah. And uh, with that said, we'll catch you next time.